human beings of the world, it's time to enter the spoilerverse through our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with John and Kendrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on scpod.net. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. to the Spoilerverse, and welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That, that right there is Mr. Horsley. Hello. And today on the show, well, it's writer, artist, owner of Correct Hand Comics, and today we're talking about Offspring and a bunch of other ones, David Whalen. Yeah, yeah, but before we get into that, why don't you tell them about what we want them to do and about about what we want them to tell us about their compelling. Yes, this is fun. So, if you're a fan of the show, then you have heard us many, many, many times tell you how much in the oceans of podcasts that we're Cthulhu. Yeah. And that just means that we like to break up the monotony and be a little bit more crazy and have a little bit more insanity going on in our lives while doing this podcast. And it's true. And I think it's true for a lot of people. Yeah. One of the things that we hardly agree with is something that we've actually said for probably over 300 episodes now, and that is to open the mind and read more. And that's what Cthulhu compels us to do. Yep. But I want to know, Johnny wants to know, the Spoilerverse wants to know, what does Cthulhu compel you to do? And you can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, we will probably do as many as we can that come in, and we will use your compulsion at the end of our podcast to say in oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu and Cthulhu compels you to your line here. Exactly. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So please hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, even Instagram if you want to, and tell us what Cthulhu compels you to do. And we'll, we'll see what we can do by adding that to the end. Love it. Let's do this. But now let's talk about David Whalen. And Crit and comic books and the offspring. And I had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him about all that he does. And you know, we we're 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 a very prolific podcast here. We put out pretty much an episode a day right now. And we've That's you know, right. in less than three years, we're over 330, 340 episodes. So we Which quite, is insane. We do a lot and it, it's awesome. And and that's just kind of the way we function. We don't do anything half ass. We do it with all of our ass. And David puts out a ton of books on his own with with his with some people he works with, but he puts out you know books constantly. Not, not only does he put the offspring, but he puts out other books where he works on or one shots here and there under Criterion Comic Books. And is if you go check him out, look him up online, and see all the stuff he puts out, you're like, how does this guy have time to do all this? Plus, you know, have a family and have everything else that he does. And so it's because he's of the mindset like we are. But if you're passionate and you love something, you just find a way to do it and make it work. And that's just. It's you'll you'll hear that passion come through in this interview with me, and it's 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 a lot of fun. There you guys go. Well, let's sit back and listen to David in his own words.
right. Welcome back, everybody. I am here tonight with David Whalen, creator of The Offspring. How are you doing tonight? Good, John. How are you? I am doing good. Doing good. So you wrote a book called The Offspring. How many issues do you have out so far? I am. Uh, I have 10 out. I'm currently in the middle of issue 11. Nice. And you're doing yeah. the art and the writing for it? I do everything. Yep. I do the, the art, the writing, the coloring, the lettering. I have a great editor named Patrick Daniel, who has been helping me out probably for the last six issues. Really nice. helping me to hone in that story. And so, yeah, so that's, that's where we are. So doing it all yourself, I'm an artist writer myself too. And I, I, I kind of, I tend to not, when I do, when I work on stuff, I, I try not to do a thing myself. I try to spread it out from a personally, right? How do, doing it all yourself, do you find yourself getting like leaning more towards one aspect of it? It's feeling like a, str- a, str- a strong point for you? Or do you find like that it all kind of melds together well when you kind of know what you're doing in the whole, the whole scheme of the thing? I think, you know, like, but like you said, there's, there's pros and cons to doing it all yourself. I would always say that I'm an artist first. Right. So I, whenever I get a story going or a, or a concept or, a, or a, a book that I want to start to develop, it always starts with the art first. It always starts with a visual or a character um, or something that I want to, a concept that I want to get through, and then it'll all kind of wrap itself around that. So the good thing about the, uh, being both the writer and the artist is I work from, from usually work from a rough outline and thumbnails. So halfway right. through, if I think of a better idea, I can, I can do it without having to consult anybody. So that's uh, definitely one of the pros of doing, the, doing everything yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're, you're your own, your own voice of reason, which means you have more freedom to do what you want to do. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when, when did you start doing the offspring? How long ago did you start that? I came up with a concept about 30 years ago. Oh, geez. <laughs> no, I'm an old man. And I wanted to do a book that had, because I was a big superhero guy, big deal, love DC, anything DC, I would pick it up. But I, I liked the idea more of Marvel's grounded characters, grounded in right. reality. So I wanted to do a book that had superhero aspects to it. But I guess you come, I guess you could say now the phrase is no flights, no tights. Right, right. So, I, so really, I thought of that 30 years ago. So <laughs> I'll take credit for that one, I guess. No, and but Smallville, uh, I wanted and Smallville, Smallville store from you then, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted characters that, that looked a little bit more like me, that looked a little bit more like the people that I knew growing up, and characters that had uh, more uh, more down to earth struggles and struggles from people that I knew when I was growing up. So I, I came up with these characters that had to not only fight their inner demons um, from the struggles that they had growing up in, in torn up families and problems with abuse, but also fighting outer demons where they're literally fighting demons and monsters and, and spirits and ghosts and things like that as they, as they went through their journey of trying to understand why it's happening. Nice. Nice. So are you doing all of this self-published? Yes. And how's that been? How's that journey been for you? Uh, a roller coaster ride. <laughs> <laughs> Ups and downs. Uh, it's, it's a great learning experience. It's it's an opportunity to be able to do the kind of stories that I want to do, but being being the sole engineer of all of it is 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 tough. I have a wife and two kids who are very um, understanding. When I shut the door in my art room and say, okay, I've got three more pages I got again. I've got to get this downloaded <laughs> into a PDF. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. They, they, they're they pretty lenient with me. So I'm very lucky to be able to have 
a uh, wife and two kids that uh, know when that door is shut. I'll, I'll be out in a little bit, but give me time. <laughs> You'll have to teach me that trick because I, I shut my door to work on some pages or work on the podcast or to work on something. And my youngest two just walk in no matter what. They don't care. They're like, hi, dad, I'm here. And I'm like, I told you I'm doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we'll play the, in a minute. <laughs> yeah, the biggest problem is we move the kids' Xbox into where I draw. So I've been oh. pounding on the door a little bit more in the last couple of months. So that's a problem I'll probably have to fix. <laughs> Yeah, we had that at our last house. We had our Xbox was in my office slash studio area where I was doing everything at. And so the kids were always in there wanting to play Xbox. And I was, yeah. for the most part, if I was just drawing, it was fine. If I was trying to do like recording stuff, then it became problematic. Yeah, they don't need to be on those Xboxes much anyway. Right? That's what I tell them. Yeah, no, not all the time. Go no. read a book. Yeah, exactly. Read yeah. a book. There's lots of great there's lots of great books out there. Yeah. So you said you're, you're working on issue 11 right now, you said? I'm on issue 11, yes. Issue 11. Is this a... No, I ask this of everybody who has a series out there. Is this a, is there a finite end to this series or is this, it was just an ongoing, just going to keep going until you run of ideas? No, I've got a plan. I've got it all outlined and I, I'd say I'm probably around issue 100, 101, depending right. on, depending on stories that I want to maybe try to get in there. I have three or four stories um, that are like two to three issue uh, stories that'll, that'll, that'll be two, three issues long. That's, that I think are good stories, but they're they're but they're not they're not hooked in with the overall storyline. So I'm trying right. to decide if I want to maybe do those a little bit later or do those in between, but aren't actually maybe as, as uh, just graphic novels, but aren't actually nice. in the at the actual run of each individual book. So so yeah, I've got a story, and my my plan is I hope that from issue one to issue one hundred and one that people look back on things that I have referenced or seen and said, oh, he did have a plan. So he, he wasn't just making it up as he went along. There's a, there's a story <laughs> here that he was trying to get to. And, uh, and that's that's the, the overall plan, to be able to make sure I go step by step. And, and the hope is to get it all done before before I can't get it all done anymore. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's 100 issues or 101 issues. a very ambitious plan. I respect the hell out of that because that's cool. Most yeah, people. We'll, we'll see what happens. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds like you, it sounds like the passion's there, and, and passion breeds creativity, which breeds you know getting things done, which is awesome. So, how often do you release an issue? I'd say I'm on doing everything myself. I get an issue out every two months. That's really good, actually. How yeah. many pages are per issue? Twenty three to twenty four. Yeah, that's a pretty good turnaround. Yeah, issue four was thirty five pages, just because. Just because I had so much to say in issue four, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, issue four is thirty-five pages. So, but usually, yeah, twenty-three to twenty-four, maybe twenty-five. I nice, that's awesome. That, in that area, that's awesome. That's, that's a great turnaround. Keep 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 readers engaged. Now, are you just releasing them on like a website yourself, or do you do kickstarters for them, or how do you release? These, how can people find these? I don't do Kickstarters uh, since it's just me. I don't really have anybody else to pay. So so, and I like I said, the only thing that it really costs me is is time. So I don't do Kickstarters, I don't do crowdfunding, I don't do any of that. My hope is just that I have to put out the books and hope that it catches an audience and get then the audience just keeps growing, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I have the individual issues on on Amazon.com and then nice. I have the trade paperbacks on Lulu.com. Nice, nice. So and then uh, we have a website, uh, correcthandedcomics.com. You can go on there. There's links to every book I've ever published to be able to get to where you need to go to purchase it. So I guess by that title of the, of the publishing house, they're correct hand that you're left, you're left-handed. I am a left-handed. I'm correct-handed. Yes. Correct-handed. My, my youngest son's left-handed too, or correct-handed, I, I guess. 
Tell him he that he's on trucking. Don't, don't let people tie his uh, left hand to the chair and make him use his right hand. Oh, uh, no, we encourage it because he's, he's been left-hand dominant since he was born, pretty much. Oh. And we've encouraged it since then because my, my grandpa's left-handed, my cousin's left-handed, we have, and my wife's grandma and her brother's left-handed. So we have a lot of lefties in our, in our family. Oh, that's awesome. I was – I, I was – sorry, go ahead, John. I was I always wanted to be left-handed growing up, so I used to like practice writing left-handed and drawing left-handed. But I was never any good at it. But I'd still I went for like in college. I swear to God, for like a year and a half, I would sign my name on all receipts with my left hand just because I I wanted to be left-handed, not right-handed, not right-handed. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So yeah, my son, my son, he's 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 drawing everything right now. He's so he's starting to draw at six years old and he's using his left hand, which is which is cool. Yeah. But he's he's learning the he's learning quickly that you know when you if you draw with wet inks it smears as you run your hand over it. So he's learning not <laughs> yeah. to try, try not to do yeah. that. <laughs> smudge sheets, smudge sheets, smudge sheets. Smudge sheets. Yep, yep, yep. So you've got the offspring going. You're going. You're going to get on that. What else you got out? I have a four issue miniseries. Actually, I just put out the miniseries is completed. I just put out the second printing of it called Evolution Utero. Okay. And it's a What's little bit What's... more of a traditional superhero because there is fights and there is tights in it. <laughs> all right, um, all right. <laughs> it's about the, the concept was about it came off of being a parent for the first time 13 years ago, and and how being a parent changes you, and how or how it should change you to want to be a better person to give your you know, your life really isn't your own anymore. Now you're in charge of this little person that you need to raise to hopefully be a, be a good person and an outstanding member of society. So my idea was, what if you took the worst person in the world, the person that was selfish and didn't care about anybody else, didn't care about about growing or learning or changing, and that person, this young lady becoming pregnant, and then finding out that the, the fetus inside of her is develop, developing superpowers. Interesting. So the fetus, through the fetus, she is developing superpowers and trying to decide whether she wants to, how she wants to use these superpowers. If she is going to ignore it, if she is going to do it, use it for selfish reasons, or if she's going to do it to use it to help other people. That's and, a uh, cool concept. Yeah, and it's, it's it went really well. I really, the first four issues, my plan is it's going to be in volume so the plan is to be able to get out the next four issue miniseries with it in the next three or four years but the first issue is a it's a crazy there's crazy time travel stuff going on at the end too so it really it's really kind of a more of a traditional superhero book but i'm really proud of the way it came out that's cool that's, that sounds like a cool, a cool concept it's a so you got the first four out and you're planning more how do you balance that with having an, your ongoing as well doing all of this yourself very carefully, yeah. What I try to do <laughs> is uh, I'll work on if I have a, a side project, like a, a mini series or a one shot or something. I'll work on the side project intermittently through working on the offspring. So, so if I if I have thumbnailed the whole book of a one issue of a mini series or a one shot, I'll go through and I'll try to uh, pencil out two or three pages. And then I'll take, you know, the next week and do offspring. And then I'll try to ink those three or four pages. And then I'll go back to offspring. And then I'll color those three or four pages and I'll go back to offspring. <laughs> so it really is a, a juggling act. It's a very delicate balancing act, so, sounds like. Yeah. So, it's so are you be able to go like, you know, so you so you keep yourself really focused on the one thing. So if you're if I'm working on offspring going, I, I need to I need to step away from this to be able to get the other thing, keep the other thing moving forward. And then by the time I get those pages done, then I'm ready to get back on the offspring 100%. So it's so I found it's really good to be able to, to 
to mix and match what you're doing to be yeah. able to, to keep yourself going and moving forward and interested in what you're doing. Yeah, keep it keep it fresh for yourself. Don't don't get stale on one one idea. It's nice. So do you do you do your penciling and stuff all pen and paper, or do you do it on 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 a tablet? I do I do do them. I'm, I guess I'm more traditional. I do it all on pen and paper. I do everything. The only thing that I don't do on with some with a marker or something in my hand is the color. I do the coloring digitally, like most people. But yeah, yeah I, I really enjoy the pen and the paper and the ink and being able to have it right there in front of me. I know a lot of artists are going digital. Um, and that's great. Yeah. But I, I really, I really enjoy having the paper and the pencil and the, all that stuff in front of me and doing it that way. I'm the same way, man. I, I, I can do, I, I color in on my tablet, you know, I have an iPad pro that I color on or with Photoshop or whatever procreate and stuff. And I do it on the computer and too, but if I find myself for the most part, when it comes to like sketching or drawing or penciling and inking that I, I, I prefer the feel of the pen to the paper and the pencil to the paper, even with coloring and painting, like for me, I find that the ability to undo on a computer makes me take it less seriously. So I'm not as, I'm not as um, concerned of my color choice or of my inking choice. Whereas when I'm inking a page on my drawing table with, you know, a quill or with a, you know, with a, a paper mate pen or whatever, I'm very yeah. conscious of the lines I'm putting down and not just, not just, you know, doing it quick. I'm paying attention to what I'm doing. Yeah, so definitely. that's why I like it. Definitely. Yeah. I'm the same, I'm the same way. Yeah. You want to make sure trying to make sure and, and you know as an artist you are all perfectionists yep. trying to make sure it comes out exactly the way you want to but not pulling your hair out not 100 percent perfect <laughs> right right the, the old the old edge of complete not perfect you know exactly. done not perfect exactly. is very true which sometimes you really want it to be perfect <laughs> oh yeah i can't tell you how many times i've i've had an issue done and i you know flip through it and and, and getting it all formatted and go i can do that panel better i'm gonna do oh, that yeah. panel again <laughs> I used to do web comics. I did web comics for 13 years from 03 to 2016. And uh, in that time frame, there were times where I would finish a page and I would go then publish it. And I go back and no, 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 I need to fix this. I'd go fix it. I get caught in this loop of fixing pages all the time. And I'm like, no, I just need to just get them done and, and get them to where they look good and then release them and just like not think about them for a while. So I don't go back and waste time fixing stuff that is actually just fine, but I'm just trying to perfect it, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. With, with 10 issues out of the offspring, I, I always go back and I'll flip through issue one, you know, for reference or something that I that it's character set or character did, and I'll look at it, it's a panel here or wording of a of a dialogue there, and I'll I'll just think, oh, I can do that better. Maybe I should just go back and do it again and re <laughs> re really. I'm like, no, I can't do that. You got to just keep moving forward, which is very difficult sometimes. <laughs> so, do you find after ten issues of this of the Offspring that you've you've grown as both a writer and an artist? You've do you see yourself learning a lot from that? Oh yeah, there, there's it's it's been such a learning experience. I I had with small press when I was probably five six years ago. I'm an art teacher also. I work I work oh. with elementary and nice. as an elementary art teacher. So so I'm drawing all the time. And I found that when I was really ready, when I really thought that my sequentials were ready to go, about five years ago, I started reaching out to some small independent uh, publishers. And some I had some really good experiences with, some I had some really bad experiences with, but, you know, mm -hmm. made some connections and some friends that I still talk to now. But I've definitely, from issue one of The Offspring to issue 10 now and all the other books that I've put out, I, I really do think there's always, there's always going to be growing and learning <coughs> and changing and, and, and wanting to get better and better and better. But I, I think that for me as an artist first, my goal is always to, if there's no dialogue, can you tell what's happening in the story? And I, yeah, that's the key. 
yeah, I think I think I've gotten to the point where where you can tell. I mean, it's it's you know trying to obviously your your own worst critic again. But uh, I had an editor a few years back now where I was turning in pages and and he gave me a great compliment. He said, David, without without any uh, dialogue or or word balloons or anything, he's like, I can tell exactly what's going on. So this is great. Thank you very much. And I said, Oh, good. I am moving in the right direction. <laughs> Uh, that that's that's one of the hardest things to do as a as an artist and a writer too and i found not everybody can pull it off right because and what, to go off what you're saying there if you can tell a story in art in your sequentials that tells the story that is only enhanced by the words but not not you know made a story by the words then you've done something special with the art i wrote a story a couple of years ago that's in a book that's coming out here next month that is i, I wrote it and i wrote it for myself to draw but i end up i end up having a friend of mine rick bugby draw it because he's he's like leaps and bounds better artist than i am i will ever be in my life right and he took it on and he he ended up doing it and now it's like it's my story that i wrote for sure but all the stories told in the visuals and now i feel like he just kind of made it this own thing and it's it's weird when you're when you're a writer and an artist doing both parts and you do that because then it's like you you manage to take both worlds, mesh them together like you did for yours you talked about and tell that story you wanted to tell. But then when you're when you're writing one, have somebody else draw it, it. It's a different level because you wrote this thing, and all of a sudden you're seeing it with no words, and it just it tells that story you were trying to tell, but it doesn't in a way that you didn't. I, I I for me, I never saw it going that way. So it's I I love stories that don't have a lot of words in them because it makes you think more about what's going on. Yeah, that was one of when I started developing the overall concept for the offspring. There was I wanted to do a, a I guess it's called now a silent issue, to where there's right. no dialogue, maybe a few sound effects here and there to be able to drive the point home on, on certain things that are happening. But I do probably I'd say it's going to be issue thirty five, thirty six, where there's not going to be any dialogue at all, and there's a, there's a reason for it. It's not just because I don't want a letter that day. <laughs> but the story, right. the story is like developed to be able to have these characters of the situation where they are for this situation they are unable to talk they're just not talking but they're unable to talk to be able to and have to communicate with each other eventually in the story in the story to be able to figure out how to get home so so yeah drug finishing the story and, and having it be clear without any any words or cues is is tough but i but i but i love the challenge i love it yeah, it's definitely a challenge. If you ha- if you haven't read this book, there's a, a book out called Morte by Kevin Joseph. It's an indie book. I can't remember. I think Sourcepoint might have put it out, or some other publisher put it out. No, it wasn't Sourcepoint. Sorry, but it's a called Morte M R T E, and it's a it's a graphic novel, and it's there's no words in it. There's like one letter in the entire thing, and it's 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 a beautiful expl- uh, a beautiful uh, you know example of of story with all art and no actual words in it that wow. conveys an emotional story, and it's. It's what I always lean to when I think about writing a story without words because it's yeah. it's just fantastic. That's awesome. I'm gonna check that out. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great book. So back to your stuff here. So you've got the two. Do you have anything else out that you or anything else you're working on? Yeah, I did a uh, 100 plus page graphic novel. It's black and white, so a little bit more indie flair there with the black and white book. But um, I did it with a writer that I met through one of the small press companies that I was talking about. I've known him now for four or five years, and he's got his own company called dojo kun comics and it's his name is brian uh, menard and he's a he's a writer and we've done some stuff here and there some that came out for that small press stuff some that didn't come out but we decided to develop together a 100 plus page graphic novel about we're both big fans of classic movie monsters mm-hmm. 
Dracula and, and uh, Frankenstein's monster and the werewolf and Wolfman and stuff like that. So we uh, talked about it. I had a concept, but I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with the story. So I just kind of threw it to him and said, do what you want. I don't care. And uh, <laughs> it, it was if the children of these classic movie monsters are abandoned by their parents and then go hunt them. Oh, turn it yeah, back on the parents. It's called The Loved Ones. And it's out right now. You can find it on our website. You can find it on Amazon.com or on Lulu.com. And I, I'm really proud of the way it turned out. We, we did a great job of really developing these characters and uh, really doing stuff that I didn't even think of doing when I when I was coming up with the major concept. But he he set it up in a way to where there could be sequels for the rest of our lives if we want to. So it's I'm really proud of it. It's a it's a great uh, read, I think, and uh, for a hundred plus pages and one graphic novel. It's what's not to like. It's good to go. Right, right. So uh, is this the one where you <clears throat> excuse me? You did the you did the uh, the art and stuff for it. I did the art and the lettering for it. Yes, I'm looking at the art now. It looks great. Oh, thank you very much. I just, I just, I just, well, Amazon has a preview of it. So I pulled that up real quick and look, I'm looking at the preview of it. That's cool. That's cool. Where do you find time to do all this with having a, a job and a wife and kids and putting out these comics like this? This is, you have a pretty good, uh, pretty good turnout rate for different stuff you do. Yeah. I, I, I work pretty fast. I try to work fast, but quality and quantity is what I try to do. You know, my grandpa always told me that if it's important enough, you make the time. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's like I said. Sometimes it's it's hard to be able to find the time to be able to do it. I'm really lucky that as a teacher, there are designated breaks <laughs> throughout the year <laughs> to be able to to be able to to be able to you know move move forward at a faster rate than I would say during Christmas time. Christmas time right. is for most people, I'm sure, a no go <laughs> when, right. when yeah. they try to get stuff done. And I still try to get stuff done here and there in those busy times. So it's 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 tough, but fun. I, if I could do it all day, every day and get paid for it and not have a full-time job, even though I love teaching, I would, <laughs> I would, uh, totally 100% do it. That's the, that's the dream right there. Do what you love. And yeah, the, I just, they just wanted to know the cover for the loved ones. It's like, it's the second printing cover, the, the silhouette one. That's a fantastic cover, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, that is really good. I tried to capture the, the, uh, each character of each, each child without without giving away too much of what was going to happen i mean you can tell who each character who, who each character is supposed to be which is good that's good so do you have anything else you're working on or anything else you have to have out there i feel like i feel like you, you asked that question that you thinking you're going to say no i'm done and you keep having more to say so <laughs> i have more to say yeah i'm not done yet <laughs> <laughs> keep going <laughs> I, I started a kind of an imprint inside of the correct handed comics imprint called correct handed one shots because I always have those little stories that aren't, they're not quite mini series. It's not an ongoing series. It's maybe not a hundred pages. So I, I started the correct handed comics one shots and it's going to be throughout the year, sprinkled throughout the year, just one shots of 23 to 24 page comics of different genres, different styles. And the first one I put out, I put it out probably it had to be the beginning of January. Mm -hmm. And I, it's called Shady Lady. And I'm a Shady big lady. fan of noir thrillers, right? Like uh, Frank Sinatra's Suddenly. If you've ever seen mm -hmm. that movie, it's a it's a great, just slow, dark thriller. Or anything out for Hitchcock, Rear Window is one of my favorite movies. Love it. Nice. So it's kind of a thriller with a strong female lead and a kind of a twist 
turn ending to, to try to, to show the motivations of the character and why she's doing what she's doing. But my next one is going to be more of a superhero, a straightforward superhero genre. I have a, uh, it's probably going to be like July that that comes out, depending on the schedule. That's going to be more of a superhero genre, but also deal more with the physical, with the emotional and psychological effects of, of being a superhero and trying to save the world. Nice. nice. I've got got that bad. The cover's done. The thumbnails are done. It's just a matter of getting moving forward with the actual pencils and inks and colors and or pencils and inks and letters. (laughs) Nice. You work all that into the other things you're doing all the time. (laughs) So yeah, it's up and ready to go on Amazon. And I have uh, issues 11, 12 and 13 of the offspring that I'll have done hopefully before Christmas. And I'm going to put it all together in one trade. So issues 11, 12, and 13 of The Offspring, along with The Shady Lady, is going to be in trade, hopefully by the end of summer. Oh, nice. Nice. That's really cool. So do you have anything else you're working on? <laughs> I do have one more thing. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I have a, I'm, I, I'm just a writer also, so I have a novel that I wrote. I'm nice. I'm a big fan of Westerns, so I wrote a Western with some twists and some turns and some good shootouts and some some funny one-liners and some funny stuff I think that is maybe never been seen in this type of spaghetti Western that's called the last ride to Tyburn and it's available on amazon.com. And I'm nice. really proud of it. It's the first um, I'm in the middle of my second book, which is more of a ghost story, but I sat down probably seven or eight years ago and said, I'm going to see if I can write a book. And three years later, I finished a book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, I- uh, so, and I was, I'm real proud of it. I'm real happy with it. I think it's funny and I think it's action and I think it's, it's a traditional Western with a kind of a modern twist. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Westerns are fun. I think Westerns, Westerns are making a comeback because a lot of people are, are, are reading them again, which is cool. And cause there, there's a lot of stuff you can do in a Western that you can't do in, in other things. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love Westerns always have, I'd say it's my second favorite uh, genre, but if one of the movies that I have to sit down and watch when I see it on TV is Tombstone. I can't, I can't, I will not turn it off. Oh, that's such a good movie. <laughs> love it. I remember that came out. I remember I was, I was younger when it came out. I was a preteen teenager and I remember watching it with my dad and being like, just, it was just awesome. And I watched it again and again and again. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we grew, I grew up with John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart Westerns. Uh, my nice. grandpa was a big fan. He would actually take me to see some of the the old school westerns. She wore a yellow ribbon and uh, and uh, high noon and things like that. And that's uh, awesome. It's awesome stuff. That is cool. Yeah. So is that all you have out right now working on, or is there more? That's it. I'm done. Okay. So I have a question for you. <laughs> so on Amazon, you know, when you click on like your name, the author, it lists like everything everything you've done, right? But it's not always accurate. There's a book. There's a book credited to you or to somebody with your exact name called Cat House Connection Guide to Brothel Collectibles. <laughs> I wish that I wrote that. <laughs> I wish that that was mine. No, that's not mine. Now I have to go read it. Right. It's from 2002 and it's a guide <laughs> to brothel. That's, that's, that's an amazing title. <laughs> right. title. It's, it's, you know, when you go to a brothel, what, what items to pick up to have, you know, worth yeah. be worth money someday. <laughs> what do you take with you and what do you leave there and what do you take out of that place? That's amazing. Right. <laughs> now, I just, oh, just opened my world to a whole bunch of questions. I'm not sure where to go with it. 
<laughs> See now, now, now you can incorporate that into one of your stories, one of your yeah. books, as it being a thing. You know, <laughs> there are there is there is a couple brothels in the last ride to Tyburn. So, <laughs> well, now if you, if you need to do that again and have a, a book in the about it, you have the reference there. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love it. So, do you go to do you go to cons? Do you go to conventions and sell your books too? I go to cons. I, I haven't been able like like I said the time restraints. I haven't been able to get tables at cons really with the correct handed comics has only been up and running for about two years. Oh, okay. okay. So I put out a lot of content in two years. So yeah, you have focusing on the content. Right, um, you got tons of content I, now. Yeah, oh yeah. So now I, I think I'm getting to the point. There's uh, I'm in upstate New York, so there are there's a handful of cons that I go to every single year and have met friends and had fun and all that stuff and gotten to the point where I think I need to start getting tables. Yeah. So, you should, with how much content you have, you should definitely start getting some tables and you'd, I'm sure you'd, you'd, you'd sell quite a bit. I, I think so too. And I, I really enjoy the aspect of it. I, my, my kids usually come with me to the con, yep. so we'll see if they want to come with me with a table and sit there for 12 hours for three days. Um, I can tell you from experience, I've taken, I've taken my kids to cons that I've done. So my, my books and stuff, they do most, they, my kids do good most of the time, but after like day two, they're ready to go home and be done. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I bet my, my 13 year old will be fine. I think my 11 year old will get a little antsy in her pantsy. Yeah. Yeah. My older boy was fine. He's like, I don't care. I'll sit here all day. And my younger one was like, all right, I'm, can I go walk around? No, you're, 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 you're eight. You can't walk around. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in 1982, if you were eight, you could walk around, but not, not yeah. now. Yeah, not now, no, no. <laughs> but they they love it. My kids love it. My my kids would try get every try try and sell books and be like, "Hey, you want to buy my dad's book?" It was just always kind of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I should I should use my kids to to, to peddle my wares. I mean, why not? That's a, that's kind of why you have kids, right? So to I make am. to make you make things easier for you. <laughs> oh, exactly. I tell my kids all the time that when I tell them to clean up this or pick up that or do this, they sometimes I go, why do I have to do it? And I, I say, because until you're 18 years old, you're essentially my indentured servant. Exactly. So I pay, I pay you. your way. You do your chores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they hate it, but it's yeah. true. Do it. I have a seven, I have a 17 year old and he's at that stage where it's like, he's a good, he's first off. I'll say this. He's a great kid, right? He's a good kid, but he's at the stage where he's 17. He wants to back talk and feel like he's the big boss of the house and the yeah. you know, in charge. And I'm like, dude, I pay your phone bill. Like your, your ability to talk to your girlfriend and see your girlfriend relies solely on you making me happy. So do your dang chores. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The phone, the phone and the, the girlfriend, that's probably great leverage. It's, it's such good leverage. I mean, it, oh, for yeah. the most part, but sometimes it's like, well, whatever. I don't care. I'm just going to go to bed. And I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't go to bed. Do, do what I ask you to do. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how eating will probably wouldn't be the same amount of leverage. No, he doesn't care. He's like, whatever. Yeah, I don't care about either. Yeah, I will stop feeding <laughs> yeah. you. I'm like, okay. Okay, that's fine. I'll just <laughs> eat tomorrow. Mom or mom will feed me. I'm like, yes, yeah, she will, but stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, do you have any big plans for anything new that you're like holding in the back? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've always got uh, thing. I have a list of, there will be times where I just uh, hear, a phrase or a word and I will and I will come up with a story idea in the span of 30 seconds and I'll get up my wife <laughs> mad at me and I'll get up and start writing down she's like what are you doing I'm like I just stop talking to me for a second let me get this down so uh, <laughs> I would say that as far as trade paperbacks or miniseries or one shots go I- I'm I'm going to be busy for the next 10 years 
Um, so I have a feeling that if we talked again in one, like, pretty much one year from today, you'd have like three times the amount of content out. <laughs> probably, probably. As a, as a school teacher, I was thinking the other the probably about two weeks ago, I was standing and the kids were doing their stuff and I was walking around doing my job as a teacher, quote unquote. And uh, right. I thought, well, when it, I was in my brain, not saying it out loud because that would distract them and that's a problem. But uh, right. I thought, what if aliens invaded right now? What would right. I do? How would I, how would I handle it with these, with these second graders? Right. And, uh, about two hours later, I had a script. <laughs> I was ready to go. <laughs> so, so that's that's going to be one of my probably. I think I, I think it's going to be a one shot. I've got a bunch of extra like B storylines and stuff, but I think that might be a twenty four to twenty five page one shot. We'll see. Nice, nice. So, do you use your comics or any of your comic art or stuff in your class with your kids? All the time. Nice. They love it. They, love it. they we do especially with uh, fourth and fifth grade. We do comic books and we talk. We first of all we uh, really focus on uh, the mechanics of drawing using shapes to make forms and forms to to build objects in the real world. So, and then we start talking about how we use forms to build people. And it's tough for them, but I think it's it's really important. And they love it. Um, to be able to really see and understand what people look like. Cause I tell them all the time, people think they know what th- things look like, but they do not know what things look like. Right. Right. It from your brain to the paper is, is where the challenge lies. So then we, from there we start to build, you know, start thinking about and the, the other teachers, I'm lucky enough to have other teachers that when they do reading and writing, I say, Hey, can you have them work on a comic book? And they go, yes, let's do that. So uh, they'll in, in their reading and writing classes, they'll work on their own scripts and their own characters, and we'll do character designs, and we'll put together a one-page, four to five <laughs> panel story that they've yeah. come with on all their own. And and uh, I've gotten some some great stuff from them. They're uh, they're usually excited about, it. even if they are complaining the whole time, I can't do this, I don't like this, Mr. Whale, and I don't know how to do that. I'm like, then there's your story. If you hate me and you hate this assignment. There's your story. Write it down. Yeah, <laughs> man. I would have loved that assignment as a kid. I would have I was told by my art teacher in, in school that comics weren't real art uh, and that there was no, no one respected comic book artists because it wasn't traditional artwork and it wasn't like museum quality art. And I was, I got so mad um, that I got in trouble at him. And then I had a teacher in college that told me the same thing and I quit his class. But I, cause yeah. I, I grew up, I grew up on, com- I, I learned to read by reading Batman and X-Men comics, you know, in the eighties and nineties. I was, uh, um, Archie comics is what I grew uh, up on and started reading. Yeah. I started on Archie, but I didn't read them. I just looked at the pictures and it wasn't until I got into Batman and Wolverine that I actually started reading the stories and like comprehending it. And that was about like, that was about like eight, nine years old. And that like got me hooked. Yeah. I was very lucky growing up. I had art teachers. And not in elementary school. We didn't have art class in my elementary school, which I really hated. But my parents were very, very accepting. That's the wrong word I'm looking for. Very happy to help me in my process of learning. So in right. middle school and high school, I had teachers that saw that I love comic books. And they said, turn it into a comic book. And I said, okay, great. And then oh. my parents, by the time I was 13 or 14 years old, amazingly, my parents let me take new figure drawing classes. Oh, at nice. The local community college. And. I'm sure I've had I had friends twenty years twenty years later who I would go take just for fun take life drawing lessons new figure drawing classes and friends would who didn't know anything about art or anything would say you mean they don't have any clothes on I said well yeah how should you see the body 
like there's is a boy and they're like the girls and boys like yeah it's girls and boys and you draw them. yeah yeah <laughs> they just, they, some people can't wrap their brains around it so they, i was very can't. lucky to be able to have parents who supported me and that's really that, cool i knew that that's what i wanted to do that's really cool because doing new new life artwork no matter what you think about it you know outside outside when you they're doing it it's one of the best ways to learn to draw people oh yeah it's it's you learn so once once you get past like I remember the first time I did new artwork and or new drawings in front of somebody, it was probably I think it was in college. So I was probably like nineteen or eighteen, <clears throat> fresh out of high school, and it was at first it was a little weird, but then like after the first session, I was like, no, no, this is great because if all these you do the poses and the shields, you can see real shadow shades, and it's not like doing it from a picture. It's like it's live in front of you, so you you feel that rush of having to do it to make it right because if they change poses, you've lost this pose you're looking at. So you've got to like, you got to get it down and, and not waste time. And it's, it's exhilarating. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's amazing. I've still from time to time, there's um, a, a bunch of art teachers that I know here in the area. We get together and we do three to four weeks of new figure drawing classes. And I love it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. There, anybody listening that wants to get into drawing and drawing people, it's a great way to learn. So 100%, 100%. Yeah. Well, man, I've had a good time talking to you tonight, and I really hope that everybody listening gets out there and checks out your books. I will have links in the show notes to all of your stuff. And if you ever have more stuff that's coming out that you want us to um, throw links to, just let me know, and I'll be happy to do it for you. I really appreciate it, John. I had a good time. Thank you for having me on. And we're back. We're back from the interview. (laughs) That was fun. That was a lot of fun. It sounds like you had a lot of fun talking with him. Yeah, yeah. Another one I sat down and did, did solo, which is funny. You know, it's the ones I do solo are ones where it's like more discovery of what they do. I don't have to know anything going in, so I don't have to do, I don't have to do research, but that's fine. Wow, that is such a bullshit statement. I don't even know how to, <laughs> how to you would get into that one, but it's, all right. <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it's fun. I like I like the discovery. I like the discovery of who people are and how they, and how they do what they do and why they do what they do. That's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I think that's always fun. That's That's a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of funny too because you don't do a lot of solo interviews, and this is like the second one in like a week and a half. Right, right. There's a couple. I mean, I did a couple, and I, I had fun doing them. So maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do some more. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a show, man. That's a show. That is a show. Hey, Johnny. You know, one of the things that people can do for us is go out to their podcatcher, search for Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. That, that helps tremendously. But on top of that, go to iTunes, you know, go to Google Play and write a review for us and just say how much either you enjoy. It could be a one sentence. It could be two words. You suck. I don't know. Whatever it needs to be. And share that out because that helps tremendously. Yeah, it does. Those reviews tell people, one, tells us what you think of us and two, helps people find our show. So we'd hope you'd give us five stars or a full, a full great review. But you know, if we have something to improve upon, you can put it there, or you can shoot to us an email at spoilerverse. Nope, shoot us an email at spoilercountry@gmail.com, and you know we'd love the feedback you have for us. There you guys go. How was that? That was good. I, that asking, was good. Are you asking me or the audience? Because they can't. I'm asking. They can't answer you. They can't. Anybody that's listening. Okay. So <laughs> if you want, if, if you, you're hearing so the words coming out of my voice, go to Twitter and tell Kieran how you how it was because he wants to know. <laughs> All right, guys, that's a show. Don't forget, in Ocean's a podcast. We are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, go to Twitter and Facebook or Instagram and tell us what Cthulhu compels you to do so we can put it here. You guys go. One of us. One of us. One of us.